welcome back to the Magic Fandom Podcast. I am Alyssa. And I am Dalton. We are super, super excited to be talking about our next series of movies. We are going to be chatting today about Pirates of the Caribbean. We are really excited. Take what you can. Give nothing back. Yes. We did not even rehearse that. Yes. (laughs) That was really, really good. Pirates Um, of the Caribbean. Yes. Uh, very excited. We've been talking about doing this one for a little bit because uh, this is one I remember when it came out. Me too. Um, and so uh, for those of y'all who don't know, this movie series is actually based on the ride at Disney World yes, and Disneyland, Disneyland first and, and then Disney, Disney everywhere. So I actually uh, it's at Walt Disney World, Walt Disneyland, Shanghai, Paris and Tokyo Disney. Yes, so but each a, ride is, is very different. Each ride is different. And uh, if we want to just touch on the ride at the beginning before sure. we delve into the movies, I actually have some fun facts about the ride. Sure. I mean, I love, so, a, I love, I love a Disney Parks ride. Yes. Uh, I remember the first time I rode Pirates of the Caribbean. It was the year 2000. That was the first time me and my family mm-hmm. went. And this was like a trip that like my extended family went on. It was like a big family trip. It was a big deal. So you took up deal. one boat, one full boat. Uh, we probably took up two. There were so many of us there. There was 20 plus people there. I guess. Uh, has to be at least 20 plus. Um, and so that was the first time I ever rode the Pirates of the Caribbean ride mm-hmm. was in the year 2000. Do you remember when you rode it for the first time? I can't. I don't know that I can give you the year. You have one up on me. Um, but the I definitely remember the first time I rode it. I was with my dad and my sister. Um, and this was... I guess this was our big family trip too. Is that, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what year. We were all, we all had like milestones. Like, I think I was turning 16 and my sister was turning, must have been 10, and you know, my grandparents' anniversary. So we all just celebrated yeah. at Disney World. And I remember going on Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time. Um, and I loved it. I oh my gosh, not- instantly, instantly loved it. Not only was it great because we went in the summer. Okay. And it was the heat of summer and it's the in Florida. Ride for the summer. And it was, you know, it was air conditioned. It was cool. You got the queue lines were the in the shade. The queue line in, in the shade. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very nice uh, ride. But it was also like super fun. I mean, the, so the original ride debuted in 1967 in Disneyland. Yes. And it was actually one of, it was the last ride. The, the construction was personally envisioned by and overseen by Walt Disney. Okay. So it was one of the last rides that he touched. And it actually opened uh, after, a few months after he passed away. Aww. So he didn't even get to see it. He never, uh, got, to he never it. got to see it all the way completed, open to the public. But it was the last ride that he really had a, had a hand yeah. in creating. And am I wrong in, and I'm sure you're going to tell me this, but but the Disneyland ride and the Disney World ride are definitely different, but they're probably the most similar of, like, because the rest of the, the outside of the U.S. parks have completely different Pirates rides, right? Yeah, so the one in um, Disneyland yes. is set in, like, New Orleans Square. Yes. And then the one in Disney World is in... Adventureland, Adventure yeah. and so it's way more, uh, 
I, do they go to New Orleans in part in any of the five films in that there the is? Movies? I don't believe they do. They no. they talk about uh, Florida. They go to Florida, but I think that's as far as they go because they typically stick to the Caribbean, and and New Orleans is not the Caribbean, right? So, um, but it was, but it started in the New Orleans in the New Orleans Square, Square in Disneyland. Disneyland. Uh, so. One of the craziest things that I learned about these rides, specifically the Disney World and Disneyland versions, um, us in Disney World are getting gypped. Really? The Walt Dis- or the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean is almost twice as long as the Disney World. Really? The Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean ride totals in time in a, of about 15 and a half minutes. That's a nice, relaxing, long ride. Yeah, totally. Walt, Walt Disney World, eight and a half minutes. <gasps> well, I want to know. I, it is not. It is a significant, significant amount of time. I want to know what they added. What else is going on on this ride? See, okay, I used to live on the West Coast. I lived in Vegas, and so I have been to uh, Disneyland a handful, a handful of times. Um, and Disneyland is, and and I'm sure we will talk more about the parks later. We'll probably have an entire parks episode later on in life, but Disneyland you could do in a day. It's a very small, it's a small park compared to Disney world who has four different parks and water parks and all of this craziness. Disneyland is a little bit smaller scale. Um, and I remember riding Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland, but I can't, I, I don't remember it being longer than I was used to. That's crazy. That's what the internet told me, and I, I tend to believe that. So that if wow. that is incorrect, I apologize. And that is the information that I was able to get. But it's also crazy knowing that like they have since added, since the movies have come out, they added Jack Sparrow to the They ride. added Jack Sparrow. They, they added, added the other characters. They added Barbosa. some new scenes. They added Barbosa. They added some of the crew. And it's still shorter. And it's still short. Well, because they took out, they, they didn't add to, they replaced they oh. took out parts and refitted it with the new characters. That is That's crazy. what they did. I mean, I do know, um, I had a friend who went to, I think it was Shanghai, and she came back raving about that Pirates ride. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. Um, I wonder if that one, because we do see, uh, they do talk about going to Shanghai, and they do talk about the Shanghai Pirates. Well, do you know I wonder funny? if they have more homage, because you see some of that, in the third film, um, which was, was that on Strange? At no, World's End. At World's End, yes. yes. You see some of the Shanghai pirates because they come in to help. Well, I think, okay, so On Stranger Tides was after that one, right? That was the fourth one? That was the fourth one. So what, whichever one was like the when the ocean was splitting apart and they were down at the bottom of the That ocean, was the last one. That was with the trident? That was with the trident. Okay, anyway, the Shanghai one seemingly i think is like the fourth and fifth movie oh like your boat as opposed to being on the um the surface of the water like it isn't you're like underneath interesting so it's like a shipwrecked boat kind of thing and there's like maybe maybe you're on the uh flying dutchman Maybe. Maybe, Maybe that's, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. We don't know people. You can do that research yourself. But apparently the the um the projections and the screens and stuff. Oh my in gosh, I can't like imagine unreal. because they do something like on the Nemo ride you, where they make it look like you're underwater. Yeah. I can only imagine. That probably looks really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And I definitely I wrote down some instances throughout the movies that um 
pay direct homage to the rides, but we can talk about that. Absolutely. We well, let's let's just get right on started with the first movie, yes. Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Yes, um, arguably the best one. I I tend to agree. I think this might be the best one. They're all good. They all yeah, have their good points and their yeah their. Uh, people that like them, you know, mm-hmm. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think overall, in general, it's the first one is the best. Yeah, and I, I, I hate to be that person to be like, oh, the, well, the first one's the best and all the sequels are, are not as good. I'm not blah, saying blah. they're not as good. I'm saying even if they are as good, they do not surpass the first one. Yeah. Even if they tie it, I'm, I'm going to give it to the first. And I always will love the first one because it was directly from the ride that I grew up with, you know? Yes, like, they, there was, um, there was, whereas the rides now have gone back to include homages to the movies, the first movie had a lot of homages to the ride. Yeah. If you went on the ride before you saw the movie, you knew, like, you would be able to catch some things in the movie itself that you're like, oh my gosh, I remember yes. that specific part. And I wrote it down. I wrote things down. If well, we're, let's, if we're let's gonna, hear a couple of those. Well, if we, yeah, if we're going to continue on with the first uh, movie, I wrote down the um, the ones that I remembered and the ones that I saw from the ride. So the Tortuga scene from this, yes. this film is directly from the ride. Yes. All of the people that are drunk and running around, chasing each other in mm-hmm. circles. Chasing and, each other in circles. Um, somebody pouring a bottle a, down from yes, the throat. Yes, I remember and that. Everywhere. That's from the ride. Yep. So that whole Tortuga scene when they go um, to that island is directly from the ride. And then uh, we've got the man sleeping with the pigs. So yes, in the movie, well, that's that, in the movie it's uh, Gibbs. Gibbs. Yes. So in the um in the ride you it's he's just like in a corner when you turn when your boat turns right before you go through the little bridge, um it's just a man sleeping with with the, with pigs, the pigs one of the pirates and so in the movie it turns out to be Gibbs so that's there's another one, and then we've got um obviously the ships shooting the cannons yes that you go through yeah. that's throughout all of these obviously um most pirate. Mm-hmm. movies or even not pirate movies period pieces of that era yeah that's that's how, that's how people fought on the ocean yep and then obviously the um the yo-ho yo-ho yes. a pirate's life for me song that is also peppered in throughout the rest of the movies mm-hmm. um but th- that is also from the ride and then the biggest one i think is, or the most uh let's say recognizable one is probably the dog with the keys. Yes, the dog with the keys. And the um the prisoners like calling and whistling yep. and snapping to him for him to get the keys. That was a big part of the um the ride. And so I'm sure that the filmmakers were like, "Well, we got to put that in." Somewhere. Absolutely. You know. So that's just from the first one. Um, and and there's stuff throughout the rest of them. I'm sure you'll touch on them yeah. when we come to them. Absolutely. Uh so the first Pirates of the Caribbean, um it came out uh, what was it like 2006 something around there I don't know um it that sounds about right if I had to guess 2003 okay came 2003. out in 2003 Good grief. We're old. um <laughs> came out in 2003 and it was actually the first PG-13 Walt Disney Pictures <gasps> film really? they they had released other PG-13 movies and R-rated films under Touchstone Pictures and Hollywood Pictures because they owned those companies. Mm-hmm. But this was the first PG-13 film under the Walt Disney Pictures 
banner. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I guess if I, I look back on the first one, I guess there there are some PG-13 moments. Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, well, the action sequences and the violence. The action and the violence. There's not a whole lot of language that I recall. No. Um, there are... Uh, heaving bosoms. Yes, the style, the style uh, of the times was was um, heaving bosoms. Yes, tiny, tiny little corseted waists and and just voluptuous uh, tops. Yes, <laughs> uh, so that's probably the the gist of, of the PG thirteen. There's yeah. some uh, horror sequences because as if you have not seen this movie, first off, spoiler alert. Spoiler alerts goes without saying. Second off, go watch these films. They're great. Yes. Um, Seriously. I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but I had not even seen the fourth or the fifth until yes, this year. Yes, yes. Um, which is crazy to me. I just didn't. But I I mean, I was I was impressed. I enjoyed it. So, uh, I have a lot of behind the scenes cool. uh, facts about these movies. I mean, you know I love From watching the behind the scenes stuff on the DVDs mm-hmm. um, just through the years. Uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff on IMDb yeah. uh, and other websites. And, yeah. uh, well, people have talked about this movie for a while. Yes. Oh, definitely. And people have been huge fans of this for the longest time, too. Um, I'm definitely excited for your behind the scenes stuff. Um, I, I also, though, have a confession to make before we get further Oh, uh, gracious. Into what this. is this? I think... Is this where you tell me that you're in love with Orlando Bloom? <laughs> like, well, I'm pretty well, sure I knew that. But... You, well, I was going to say, you are not far off because I have told you this before. Um, but this particular Orlando Bloom film was like, it was like the beginning of my, my romance for him. My, this was like my, he was probably one of my first crushes ever. Like my first celebrity crushes. Even more so than, uh, Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Or did he do this before Lord of the Rings? No, he did. He did Lord of the Rings first, right? Because Lord of the Rings started filming in like 99. He did Fellowship first. Okay. And then then this this came out in between. I think. Ooh, am I making things up? Well, he, well, see, that's the fun thing about Lord of the Rings is they filmed the three movies in the course of like two to three years. Yeah. So he probably filmed all the Lord of the Rings stuff before he filmed this. Maybe, maybe. And I did love him in Lord of the Rings, Legolas for life. Definitely love him. But when I saw this, I don't know what it is about the pirate aesthetic. The pirate aesthetic, uh, we can talk briefly. That era, <laughs> I mean, even the... I assume what has to be very uncomfortable attire of the women. I mean, it is oh. attractive attire. It is, but I mean, it. I'm sure it was uncomfortable and painful. And you've seen, even now, there are like pictures that have come out of like how messed up their backs are yes. because they wore the corsets every single day. Yeah, and they have like bruises and indentation. Like it was hard out there for a woman. I mean, a as lot it of is now, but open, flowy, um, hemp made clothing that's just like airy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I get it. It's very Fabio r- romance novel <laughs> Fabio. <laughs> aesthetic. I don't know if I have ever, I've, if I've ever thought of Fabio as attractive, but I, I see what you're saying. I just, uh, there's, there's just something about him in this movie. Anyway, he was my first celebrity crush and this movie just kind of skyrocketed it. Um, and so that I will always, you know, have, have a special place in my heart for, 
Yes. Maybe not Orlando Bloom. Maybe Will Turner, which is like oh, even Will more Turner sad, specifically. You know, yeah, like yeah. I, it's a fictional character. Yeah. You know. Well, Elizabeth Swan is Kira Knightley. Yes. Yeah. She's very uh, attractive throughout these this series as well. I agree, and I have like there are some outfits of hers that I love, like some of the dresses I love. But then I kind of like when she gets kind of scrappy and gets to fight and stuff too. You know? uh, yeah, her pirate attire yeah. is very cool as well. Yeah. Um. Then the titular character. I say titular. It's not necessarily the titular. No, it's titular, everybody's favorite character. Right, let's but, be honest. But titular. The definition of titular is the name is in the title. So. Ah, uh, yeah, not it's not. Character. It should be. It might. It might as well be the Captain Jack Sparrow show it's for all true. I for all I care. It's very because true. he is the driving force behind all of these movies. And what a force he, he is! He is the reason anybody wants to go see these movies. He's the best character. Yes, he's amazing. And I actually wrote down because, um, kind of like what I did with when we did Back to the Future, I wrote down things that are uh, consistent in every single one of these movies that you can find in every Pirates movie. There's this. And in every single Pirates movie, Jack Sparrow gets a killer entrance. Did you notice? Yes. Because the yes. first movie, obviously, he comes down, the ship, his ship is sinking. His ship is sinking. And he comes down on the mast, and he just steps right onto the dock, very nice and clean. But every single movie, he has a crazy entrance, like at the beginning of the film, and they're like, oh, well, there's Captain Jack. It's almost like, it's almost theatrical. He, like, makes his entrance and is like, it is I, the star of this film. Like, he is just yes. out there. Um, yeah, so... Jack Sparrow, he would not, the Pirates of the Caribbean would not be what it is without him. Like, for example, the fourth and fifth movies, uh, Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley are not in it. Well, not, not, not in it that much. Yeah. But if Jack Sparrow wasn't in these movies. No one would have gone to see it. No, no. He, 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 like you said, he's the driving force. He's like the And the fact that like, he'll just randomly show up to children's hospitals and as Jack as Sparrow. As Jack Sparrow uh, and just walk around and be and Captain remember, Jack. And remember when, I think it was to promote maybe the last movie or the fourth one or something, where he just showed up in a pirate's ride in Disneyland. And he yeah, he gave tours. He was just like, ride. yeah, and crazy. He, tr- he was like pretending to be part of the animatronics and then he came to life and everyone was like, that's actually Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh, that was crazy. Uh, so Kira Knightley... Um, was so sure she was going to get fired from this. What? She did not think she did great at the beginning. She just thought she wasn't doing good. She was so sure she was going to get fired after a few days on the film that she only packed a few things with her. Oh, my gosh. And so she had to, like, get more clothes as it gone because they were like, oh, you're not going to fire you. I wonder why she felt that way, though. That's so weird. She just didn't feel right for the role? Or, like... I'm not exactly sure. My voice is cracked. That sounded weird. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why she felt that way. I'm, I'm assuming it, it was like, like she had to uh, feel like she didn't fit the role great, or she wasn't. She yeah. maybe she didn't feel like she auditioned great, and they were just like on her name was giving it to her. Or, I'm not exactly sure, but. She does an amazing job. She does. I can't. I can't picture Elizabeth Swan being played by anyone. Anyone else. else? Yeah. And that means you should not remake this Hollywood. No, it's we're t- way. They're we're way, tired way of your remakes. Soon. We're tired of your remakes. It's way too soon. I feel like we're gonna have kids, and they're gonna be teenagers, and one day that then they're gonna remake Pirates of the Caribbean, and our kids are gonna be like, "Mom, Dad, have you heard of this?" And we're and be I'm, like, "What?" I'm gonna hit them with the back of my hand. <laughs> I'm gonna 
tie them up in the basement and I'm going <laughs> to force them to watch these films. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, I don't think Not that they really would remake people. these. Calm down. I don't think that they would ever remake these. I, I would be shocked if they did. Unless they maybe like took it in a different direction. You know how they're doing that now when they're like, let's make Pirates of the Caribbean the cartoon. You know, yes. like or let's make Pirates of the Caribbean set in nineteen twenties New York City. Right. Pirates like, of the Caribbean the musical. Hello, no, Broadway. No, no. Hello. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We're Hello, good. I will play I will play a female Jack Sparrow, gender bent Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Don't make anyway. me. Anyway. Right <laughs> <laughs> he hates me right now. So in the first film, the main bad guy we learn is Captain Barbosa, mm-hmm. who marooned Jack Sparrow, mm-hmm. took his ship yep. and his crew, yep. and then got went and got cursed. Um, Played by Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush, the, the fantastic Jeffrey Rush. Um, he has a theory that people watch movies much like they read from left to right. And so anytime he got the chance in a scene, he's on the left side of the screen. What? This he, is Jeffrey Rush? Yes, because he wanted to be seen the most. <gasps> that is diabolical and also kind of brilliant. He was particularly, particularly intent on doing this in scenes when he w- was with the monkey and Kira yeah. Knightley. Because he said, if I'm in a scene with him, no one's going to pay attention to me. <laughs> and that's why if you look, almost every scene, if you pay attention, the, the monkey is going to be on his, what, what would be his... Uh, his left shoulder, but his, our right. Yeah, his left shoulder. So when he's looking at camera, it's him and then the monkey. <gasps> so you see him first. Jeffrey. It's it's actually ingenious. That's pretty cool, actually. That's so funny because he's also like a classical actor too, right? Like, yes. didn't he do? I feel like he he's done like theater and stuff. Yes, and I actually saw a TikTok that um, pointed out Jeffrey Rush's accent in this film is actually the way people would have talked during William Shakespeare's time. So if oh. you were to have gone to the Globe and saw a play at that time, yeah. it would have sounded like the people talking would have sounded that like accent. Jeffrey Rush's accent. Interesting. So if you ever Was that are reading Juliet or Julie, uh, Romeo and Juliet, just read it in Jeffrey Rush's accent right there, and it'll be period specific. Was that a choice that Jeffrey Rush made himself? I believe so, Yes. I mean, because I, I think love they that. had tried out a couple of different accents. I love that. I love I love reading about like actors' choices that um, kind of defined these these different characters. Like for example, didn't Johnny Depp contribute a lot to his costume? Uh, he I, did contribute contribute to his costume, and I would love that outfit. I just know <laughs> that it's like sixty three pieces approximately. Yeah, lots um, of layers. And I just don't know how you would go about getting every single one of those pieces. Yeah, there's a lot. And Authentically. There's, there's, yeah, and there's a lot of like probably small be expensive too. little trinkets that, yeah. are, that are part of his too, you know? Um, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I love the explanation because um, in, in the fifth film, you get a Captain Jack origin story. Ooh. So how Captain Jack became Captain and Jack. And it's good. And it is 
real good. I, I thought they did it fantastically. We'll, we'll chat about it once we get to number yes. five. Which, okay, we should probably keep it moving along because we got a bunch to talk we about. we got a lot to talk but about. This I may do... be a long one. Hang in there with us, folks. We're going to yes. try to make this fun. And we have a fun game to play at the end, so hang out till the end. Um, but one last note for me about the first one. the We have to talk about the CGI fight at the end of this oh movie. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. yeah. It, I mean, actually, all the fight because I did write down as like a general note that the, like the fight coordinator, the stage combat or not stage combat, screen combat, I guess, um, the fight choreographer, you know, they deserve all of the awards because every single sword fight in these films are just so cool. It, it is. I love it so much. I mean, even the initial one with Jack and Will in the blacksmiths thing in the beginning. Just Seemingly the simple, way they so utilize good. everything. Like yes. now we're up in the rafters and we're yes. every fight scene that they do, and some of it's even practical. In the second film, when Norrington and Will and Captain Jack are all, all fighting. fighting, they built a giant wheel that they yes. fought on. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. I love it. The I love it. All of the sword detail fights. Oh, they're so that intricate. Went in. And you're so right in pointing they out. They built actual ships. Like, yeah, yeah. But you're so right in pointing out that they used the entire space, and I think that's what makes it so cool. So the end, the ending battle in um, Curse of the Black Pearl, when they're going in and out of the moonlight. Oh my gosh, because if oh. you don't know, the crew of the Black Pearl, so the curse of the Black Pearl, is they stole, was it Cortez's gold? Cortez's gold. And it's Aztec gold, and whoever takes it is cursed. They can never die. They can't taste. They can't feel Basically like they're in in the Moonlight. light of the moon they turn into skeleton men basically yeah, yeah. And they show they show who they really are in the light of the moon and it's nobody's yeah like, it's nothing's. crazy yeah, it's so crazy. so good and it, it i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was like next level in terms of the cgi for the time that they were like, oh yeah, Whoa. oh yeah. Um, especially that ending battle because in the caves that the pirates were fighting in, there were these holes in the ceiling where the moonlight shone down, and so there were pirates that were fighting, and all of a sudden they'd stumble into the moonlight, and then they would be skeletons, and, and then, then they'd, they'd stumble they'd... back out and be normal. Like yeah, it's it, just crazy. So cool. A lot of detail went into uh, making this, and it's just gorgeous. To watch, I love it. And then the big reveal when Jack stumbles into the moonlight, and we are like, "Oh, yeah, like, he's oh, cursed he now just, too." He's and great movies, guys. We're so we're good. not getting into uh, as deep into all of these as we have in, in past episodes because, again, these movies they're like three hours long almost. Yeah, they're they're all long. two and a half hours. I think the last one is only about two hours, but they, they all get up there in length. So it yeah. took, it took a while to watch these. So we're obviously not going to talk about everything that we want to talk about, but we're hopefully going to hit the highlights for y'all and, um, maybe make you guys want to, want to rewatch. So, uh, the first film, we'll get a uh, PG 13 for a moment here. Uh, oh. so Kira Knightley said in an interview that she was worried about her chest because she's super flat chested uh-huh. and she was worried how they were going to do that so they kind of made them for her what they um they called it uh bosom makeup 
Uh, it's oh, a, it's like contouring. I yeah, it's it's a skill that came from Hollywood's golden age that uh, they kind of don't do anymore. And so they had to go back to this old time where they had to do this not only to make it look bigger, but because the quality of film, it didn't show up. Uh-huh. And so they had to go back to this old um, style of doing it, and she just thought it was the craziest thing because it would take a while to do. Really? Yeah, it took a while to do, and she was like, I spent 45 minutes just them working on that. Wow. Interesting. She had uh, check out that interview where she talks about it. Uh, she has a lot of really funny things to say. I'm about sure. It. I loved even when I was a kid and we had this on DVD. I loved listening to the commentary because it was her, Orlando Bloom. I don't think Johnny was there. I think it was the two of them and then like the filmmakers and the producers just doing the audio commentary. And it's real fun. I loved listening to them talk about it. Um, so should we move on to? Well, I have I have one last thing to say about uh, the The first first film. Okay. So uh, this was not the first feature length pirate film that had ever been made. Treasure Island. Well, there's actually a bunch of them, but this film effectively ended what they called the pirate movie curse. What? Because curse? Yes, (gasps) because it was believed to be in effect since about the mid 1970s. When movies like Swashbuckler, The Pirate Movie, Savage Islands, Yellowbeard, and Pirates, they all severely underperformed. Yeah, because I've never heard of one yeah. single one of them. They were all artists. these massive uh, box office flops that cost a lot of money to make, but they did not make any money. And they said it was, a, it was like a curse. It performed, it was so that bad. They attempted to revive the genre with Waterworld and Cutthroat Island in the 90s, and both of those flopped too. And uh-huh. so it was, it was, it took a little while to convince them to make pirates because no pirate movie had ever been successful. Interesting. And so this film uh, essentially uh, became the first like worldwide, super popular pirate movie. Oh, wow. It broke the curse. Guys, there's a real-life curse. That's actually kind of cool. So the Curse of the Black Pearl actually broke the curse of the pirate movie. <gasps> what? It's like Curseption. Curseption. <laughs> That's nuts. That is crazy. Okay, moving on. Pirates of the Caribbean, the dead man's chest. Now, the dead man, we find out, is none other than Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Davy Jones with the crazy the, tentacle beard. The captain of the Flying Dutchman. Ugh, he is, he is a great villain. Played by Bill Nye. Did I make that Bill up? Bill Nye, the science guy? No, Bill Nye, the actor. Bill Nye, N-I-G-H-Y. Oh. Is that not him? Uh. I feel like, I feel like that is. You Everybody, might be right. Because there's Bill Nye, the science guy, but then there's also Bill Nye, the actor from About Time. And also a bunch of other stuff. Maybe Bill Nye played uh, Bootstrap Bill. Maybe that's what oh, it is. Oh, I think, I think that's who you're thinking Somebody, of. somebody played He someone. played Will's father. Johnny Depp. Okay, wait. Uh, Bill Nye. Oh, played yeah. Davy Jones. Uh, you owe me a million dollars. I do. I, I owe you something. <laughs> who played Bootstrap? Oh, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. There we go. Of the Skarsgård family. Yes. Fame. Yes. Um, 
um, was also in Mamma Mia, LOL. That's what I know <laughs> yes, him from. He's true. in a ton of other stuff. I know him from Mamma Mia. Um, yes, played Bootstrap Bill. So this film, uh, At World's End, or no, 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 this Dead is Man's Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. They were filmed simultaneously. Oh, okay. Because they're supposed to be, like, it's basically one long story. Yes, 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 yeah. It wasn't until, like, the fourth and fifth that they kind of Did deterred they from deterred, that. Deterred, yeah. Uh, so the second and the third, like the, the, the first three, I believe are all directed by Gore Verbinski. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. So he originally, Gore Verbinski originally wanted David Jones to be Dutch cause he's captain of the flying Dutchman. Dutchman. Um, he respond, uh, Bill Nye. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Okay. Not the science guy. Not the science guy. Uh, he responded, I don't do Dutch, so I decided to do Scottish. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. The fact that he just said, nah. Like, nah, <laughs> I don't do Dutch. <laughs> That's really funny. That's really I don't, funny. I don't know exactly what a Dutch accent would be. And also like a Dutch pilot. I mean, I'm sure that maybe sure? they existed, but like, but uh, Bill Nye's Davy Jones voice was much more like piratey. It definitely, like stereotypical piratey. Stereotypical piratey. Um, he was crazy looking. Also, his crew members, talk about CGI, the fact that they were part of the ship. The ship, yes. That they came out of the woodwork, literally. Yes, so there's actually a hierarchy among the crew of the Flying Dutchman. Oh. Um, so, Is it explained in the movie? No. Uh, not really, it's, right? It's not really explained, but you can kind of ascertain that information if you pay attention. Okay, all um, right. So you see, like... All the people are in various stages of decay, essentially. Yeah. So newcomers have like low-level infections, kind of looks like rosacea, just like little skin rashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the veterans have like conch heads, like and, barnacles and, on and their skin, eel mouths, and stuff like that. Ugh. Like they're they've been there longer, so they have now become more a part of the ship. Wow. So the longer you're a part of the ship, the more you become. I mean, a part that of the makes ship. sense. That definitely makes sense. I didn't catch that, but that makes sense to me. So uh, the um, Black Pearl, I found this at least in this film. It was built over the body of an oil tanker. Uh, so the, it's an oil tanker body with a wooden ship built around it. Huh. Um, and it was actually built in Biolabatry, Alabama. What? Yes, sir. Uh, if you are familiar with Forrest Gump, that's where Bubba is from. He's from Bio the Battery. And they made this ship in Alabama. They did uh, make this in Alabama. <gasps> At least, or assembled it in Alabama. That um, is so fun. Fun fact, Bio the Battery is actually where my youth pastor was from. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he worked on shrimp boats. Shout out, Clint. For real? Like yeah. actual shrimp boats? Yes. <laughs> like Bubba? I mean... Yeah, he worked on shrimp boats. At least that's what he told us. He could I mean, have been lying. I don't think he was. Though. Are so shrimp boats are no, like notorious in Biowatch? I mean, yeah, that's a big shrimp in location. Okay, so it's like it? it's yeah. not it's not a big coincidence then. Yeah, they didn't okay, make it up for the movie, and then it just became that. It was already that. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh, we should do a Forrest Gump episode. That would be good. We that, would be we, yeah. Let we us know if y'all want to hear a Forrest Gump episode. We'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah, because. I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't Uh-oh. we haven't talked about language on this show yet, but No, no, no. We we got to keep it clean for the kids. We can beep it out. We'll we'll no. put in a a horn or something. What but do you what do you don't curse. I'm just saying 
Jenny is a oh is a word nice. is a not nice word. She is not very nice. There you go. <laughs> Justice for Forrest. Anyway, <laughs> back to the movie we were actually talking about. <laughs> um, okay, so I have that. Oh, okay. Wait, I'm I I'm gonna skip ahead, so I'm not gonna skip all the way to the end yet. But I will say. Um, this is the first time that we are introduced to what she's later known as Calypso. I don't yes. remember what her like name is when they first meet her. It's like a long one, isn't it? Yeah, it's because uh, she she lives in a little a hut. swamp hut. Yeah, and she's like a voodoo queen yeah. priestess kind of thing. I enjoy her character a lot. It's she's a great character. I keep feeling like I. Do I smack a lot? I'm sorry. That's probably so annoying, and I apologize. <laughs> I feel like I kind of do, too. Um, anyway, I really liked uh, the addition that she made yes, to the she, cast. She, I mean, she definitely helps extend the story. And I didn't I didn't know at the time when we met her, I didn't know that she was going to become as big as, as big a, a part as yeah, she is. Yes. Yeah. It, it's low-key. It's like, okay, why are they bringing this person with them? Okay. Right. She says she knows where they're going. Okay, okay. Right. And then when you find out in the third film Ooh, at World's is. End, I guess we can kind of talk both of those together sure. because the second ends the beginning. of like sure. they, They're basically one movie. Yeah. Um, so when you find out that she was the lover of Davy Jones and is the reason why he is what he is mm-hmm. and that she's actually the a goddess Calypso. Right. Um, that was crazy. That yeah. was shocking oh, at the yeah. time. It was like, wait, what? Yeah. She's not just some crazy voodoo queen? Yeah, yeah. She she did a great job, I think. And then um, we were also introduced to the Kraken, which is yes. a big, big, big deal. And not something that, again, not something that was made up for these films. The Kraken is in a lot of mythology yeah Yeah. greek mythology uh i mean it's tales of kraken stems from a lot of things Mm -hmm. i mean and these i mean in the in this film the pirates are terrified of it this is kind of the first time that we've seen jack sparrow scared of anything yes i i would say so i i mean he was always scared of like getting caught and stuff but he he's just that nonchalance that just like I care and I'm worried, but I, I don't really care because I know I'm gonna. gonna show f- it. I know I'm gonna get out of this somehow. I don't know how yet, but I'm Sparrow. always gonna get out of this, and that's one of the fun things to watch about it. Is like, oh yeah, he's yes, he's morally ambiguous <laughs> at most of the time. Yeah, but the things that you he you do see that he cares about, he really cares about. It's and true. Like, it's true. He, that's fun that's, character. He and and he plays him so well because there are moments in these movies. The one that uh, stands out to me right now is at the end of the first one where we see just a little hint of him being in love with his ship and being really excited to be back on his yes. ship. Yes. Where he's just running his hand along the um, the wheel and he's just like breathing and he's like smiling and all of a sudden he looks around like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be this hard, like, yeah. Cra- yeah. you know, captain. And so he starts yelling at his crew, you know, get back to work. Da, 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 da. But you, you see just that half a second of him you know, his humanity almost. Um, and I think he, he does a good job playing that. So you remember in the beginning of the second movie, or maybe it's like midway through, uh, when they're unloading a giant clock face, delivering it to Port Royal. Yes. Wait, this is in the second one? In the second one. It's at the beginning. You see them unloading a, a clock face off okay. of the boat. Okay, okay. 
that clock face is the exact clock face used in Back to the Future 3. Shut up. <gasps> Crazy, right? All of, the, all of these got meta. All of these movies we watch somehow tie together in some way or Wait, another. It's you're, ridiculous. You're blowing my mind right I, now. I know. It's for I, real? When I read that, it blew my mind. I was like, are you kidding me? There's just, how does this keep happening? What? So, so many it is connections. The same, so it is the same clock face that was used in the film Back, Back to, to the Future 3. Future 3. That's what the internet told me and that means it's true. You guys. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. How I'm also very proud of you for not telling me this before. I know. I, we, we, we sat there talking during, I think, the fourth or the fifth film, and I was like, man, I got so much stuff that I want to tell you, but <laughs> should I just tell you now, or should I wait till we record this? I'm glad you waited. That is crazy. So in the third film, they talk about the green flash yeah, and it's uh, it's how the fairy to the dead and yeah, yeah. the the afterlife in the real world is mm-hmm. when a pirate goes over or something along those lines. So the green flash is real. It's like a real thing. It, it really happens, but it is very very rare, um, and it happens during sunrise or sunset, and it's best if it's observed at sea, um, and it's caused by a refraction of the light in the atmosphere. That is amplified by a mirage. So this is like something that... It's something that happens. It's super, super rare. But it still happens? But it still happens, and it's like almost exclusively seen at sea. (gasps) It's the best way to see it is being Crazy. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. That's very cool. If we're talking about the third one at the same time as as the second one, kind of all-encompassing these two movies, um, we have to talk about the opening of the third one. With the, it's like one of the most eerie, bone chilling opening scenes I think I've oh, ever seen. Oh yes! Oh, it gives me chills. The, the all the prisoners and they all start singing together. Yes, it's the re- like that. The, that scene is the reason why I got my skull and crossbone tattoo. Really? Yeah, like that scene specifically with all the pirates getting hanged. Yeah. Uh, it sounds morbid, but all the pirates getting hanged and them starting to sing that song, you yeah. know, the yo-ho all together, hoist the colors high. Yeah. <sighs> Such it just, a it just spoke powerful... To it did. It really did. And, like, uh, when did the third one come out? 2007 or eight? I think? I have no idea. Uh, the second one came out in 2006, and I think the uh, next one came out the next year in 2007. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, it wasn't until 2012 that I would get it, but it was the first tattoo I ever got was a skull and crossbones, and it was because because of, of that scene. Yeah, I mean, it is one of it's it's beautiful, but I was sitting there being like, okay, Disney, like just yes, <laughs> what in the world? Like it was it was very very well done, but I I was taken aback at that opening scene. It was it was great, but it was just bone chilling. I was like, whoa, man. Um, I also, if we're talking about specific scenes, uh, going back to the second one, and I, I think I talked to you about this a little bit while we were watching it. The whole plot of Elizabeth at the end of the second movie handcuffing Jack to the ship so that they could get away because the Kraken was only after Jack. Yes. yes. And Elizabeth wanted to save herself and the crew. 
mm-hmm. and they were like, the only way to get the Kraken off of our backs is to leave Jack here and for us to leave, right? Okay, so all of that happens. But in order to handcuff him to the ship, she seduces him a little bit. She makes out with him. There's this big whole thing, and who sees it? Will. Here's my question. Hold on, hold on. Let me go find our soapbox real quick. <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay, here you go. Thank you, you. Thank you. I'm getting on top of our of our soapbox here. Um, why not communicate to your boyfriend, William Turner? Hey, here's what's gonna happen. I'm this Are is they what together I'm do. because they haven't seen each other in yes. who knows in months, it seems like. No, they're together. They're together. They're in love. They they like made out. They were like, oh my gosh, it's you. Then they they're definitely together at this point. But then he sees her making out with Jack Sparrow, immediately is like, she's cheating on me. What's going to happen? There's this distance between them all of a sudden. It's still cheating. And it's like, okay, I get it. In the, the logistics of it, yes. But why, why does Elizabeth not say, hey, here's what happened? Because she knew that he would have been like, no, we're not killing Jack. Okay, but alternatively, why doesn't he immediately say, hey, I just saw you uh, kissing Jack Sparrow. Want to talk about it? And she'll be like, oh, yeah, I definitely just um, seduced him to handcuff him to the ship. I, I don't love him. I'm trying to g- give us a chance. Why wasn't that conversation had? It would not have moved the story along. Because there was so much unnecessary turmoil. I agree. And distance. And, like, uh, like I hated that Elizabeth and Will were so, like, driven apart by it. When I'm just like, just talk. Each other, y'all. <laughs> yes. Communication Talk, talking is key. Is key. Communication yes. is key. Oh my goodness! I was just so even seeing it when it first came out. I was like, guys, seriously, because I was always Team Elizabeth and Will. I love them together. I love when they got together. It was like true love for me. And so when that happened, I was like, this is dumb. Please just talk to each other. It's all a miscommunication. I was just so frustrated by the whole thing. I didn't understand it. I understand maybe that Will probably wouldn't have agreed with her idea if she had come to him about it. I definitely get that. Yes. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and step off my soapbox. Thank you for getting it for No, me. those are very valid points. Thank you. Um, so at the end of the second movie, mm-hmm. when all hope seems to be lost, right. and they go back to calypso mm-hmm. and they're like we need help we need help we got to go to the we world's end we have to save jack and we see somebody come down the stairs yes and it is a huge reveal a shocking reveal shocking. i remember seeing this in theaters and being like ah! oh like, my dad what? and i screamed we scream s- we see captain barbosa coming down the stairs yes insane insanity so for a dose of authenticity, a hebre, a little bit authenticity, authenticity. What does that mean? Authenticity. Authenticity. That is close though, babe. Authenticity. Uh, authenticity. For authenticity, the actors were not told prior to filming that Jeffrey Rush was going to be coming down the stairs. Really? Oh, I love that. They were told it was going to be, and this is a slight I feel to Zoe Saldana, but they were told it was going to be Anna Maria. Zoe Saldana's character from the first film. Oh. And as we know, she never comes back. Yeah, justice for Zoe Saldana. Eh. I mean, they never talk about where she went. She was part of their crew. They the gave one. her a ship, and she went off doing her own stuff. I mean, I We guess. could get a spinoff, maybe. That'd be cool. 
Anyways, so anyway, so her. they thought it was gonna be her, and then Captain Barbosa shows up, and everybody. So the looks on their faces are genuine I, looks of surprise and bewilderment, and just like, wait, what? I love that so much. That is so cool. Uh, I want to go back and watch that scene now. Yes. That is so cool. Uh, I love it. Yeah, no, I freaked out when Barbosa came down the stairs for the first time. I freaked out. I lost it. I, I had no idea that that was even a, a possibility. Even when she started, because she, uh, what's her name, Calypso, kind of hyped it up a little bit before he came down the stairs. Like, she had that whole speech about, if you're going to go to the ends of the earth to save Jack, you need a captain who knows those waters and da 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 even when she was talking about it i was like uh who who was she talking about and then when it was barbosa i was like oh man it was awesome and i'm really really glad now having seen the fourth movie and the fifth movie i'm really glad they brought jeffrey rush back to play barbosa because yes his whole arc from beginning i to mean end, he ooh, does fantastically so good so so good. He he is one, and then in the fifth movie, when we see him, what ends up being for the last time, um, yes, it, it's just very touching. I have I have a note about that when we get when to the we fifth get to one. that. So in the third, we learn about the Council of Pirate Brethren. Yes. So there was a real life pirate council okay. that, that existed at. Uh, multiple times throughout history. There was the Brethren of the Coast, which was a coalition of pirates uh, in the 17th and 18th century uh, in the Atlantic Ocean, the Caribbean Sea, and the Gulf of Mexico. So that would be like the area and time that this would have been okay. uh, happening. And then uh, they had a base on the island of Tortuga. Wow. It's like they did their research. Yeah, it's almost like these guys were paid to do this movie. <laughs> the the brethren were originally French uh, Huguenots and British Protestants, but uh, soon they were joined by Spaniards, Africans, you know. Wow. So, you know, they, they talk about um, the pirate code a lot. Yeah. More they like talk guidelines. About, yeah, more like guidelines. Well, there really was a pirate code. A pirate code. Yeah. They I'm, all they they say the uh, pirate code as set forth by Morgan and Bartholomew. Morgan and Bartholomew. Is that are those real people? Ladies and gentlemen, they're real people. <laughs> oh my gosh! So they were real. Morgan so and Bartholomew were real. The, people. There's several real life historical examples of pirate codes. And they're typically like eleven or twelve rules. Okay. Some of the first sets of rules were the Articles of Bartholomew Roberts. Okay. So there's your Bartholomew. Yes. Another set of rules was uh, found, and they were written by Henry Morgan. <gasps> Morgan and Bartholomew. Now, a lot of these rules were pretty much the same. There was a lot of overlap in these different pirate codes okay. that were written. There's a lot of ones that they may be worded differently, but they essentially mean the same thing. There's a lot of rules about compensation, how people are to be paid when plunder has been got. Uh, there's 
like no gambling on boats was a thing. So you huh. didn't gamble on boats. Like, Which is hilarious because you're doing all this illegal stuff, but no yeah. gambling. There was no <laughs> like fighting on boats. You settled that off the boat. Like there's just a lot of these similar rules of like okay. how to keep decorum on a was, ship. Was uh, parlay? Was that a thing? Um, that was a big thing in the movies. It was a big thing in the movies. I would assume that probably has some basis in reality. That's that's what the whole quote was when Elizabeth first says it in the in the beginning of the um, first movie. When she says parlay, and then she says, according to the code of the brethren, Morgan and Bartholomew, you have to take me to your captain. Um, direct quote. Yes, but I don't know. Direct quote. <laughs> um, um, I mean, it's defined uh, in, you know, the dictionary. Uh, it's it's from the French, which I think they mentioned that in the Jack movie. Sparrow does. Yeah, he's like... That would be the French. That would be the French. <laughs> Who came up with parlay? Yeah. That would be the French. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, not necessarily used exclusively for ships. It was more of uh, a discussion or a conference between two opposing sides. So they would use okay. that in, if you were having an argument with your neighbor, you would call for a parlay and you yeah. would discuss terms. So I think it's not specifically oceanic in nature. Got it. Pirate got it, got it, got in it. nature. Yeah. So Okay. Interesting. Well, okay, so if we're talking about the end of the third movie, I will say, I don't know about you, the ending of the movie goes really, really fast for me. Just that they wrap up a bunch in like two seconds. Like, yes. Will, so Will gets stabbed. Yes. He's near death. But then Jack gets Davy Jones' heart, right? And then he stabs it, but he stabs it with Will's hand so that Will can be saved. Because so the Flying Dutchman always has to have a captain. Correct. And if, if you're you, the captain of the Flying Dutchman, you have to give up your heart. Right. And you have to, in order to kill the captain of the Flying Dutchman, you have to stab the heart. Yes. You, and then whoever stabs it becomes the next captain. Yeah. So Jack Sparrow stabbed Davy Jones's heart with Will's hand so that Will can become the next captain and survive. Yes. But, and we see that. Yes. And so the crux of being... Uh, so the reason Davy Jones looks the way he does like an octopus is because he stopped doing what his job was, and his job was to ferry people to the afterworld, mm -hmm. and he stopped doing it. And so that's why he was cursed, and that's why he became to look uh, like that, okay. and that's why they all looked like that. So um, that's why when you see uh, Will again mm -hmm. later, he doesn't look like that because he's – Alleged, he's supposedly <gasps> doing the job. I did not even connect um, that. But so yeah. part of the problem with that is you can only come on land once every 10 years. Yeah, that's what's crazy. That he, he figures out that he can only visit land once every 10 years. He becomes new captain, all of this stuff. But it just happens so fast for me. Yes, it, it is very quick because they build it up. And w yeah. over what's essentially about four hours because yes, it's, it's over the course of two movies. And then the end and is just... They wrap it up in like 15 minutes yes. and it's done. It's like, oh, that was way too quick. It's crazy. So we see uh, Will as the captain of the Flying Dutchman. He leaves his now wife, mm -hmm. Elizabeth Swan, or Elizabeth Turner, Turner um, on an island. They consummate the marriage. And yes, because it's a post-credit scene. It, there's a post-credit scene after the credits where mm -hmm. you see, and it's like nine years later, mm -hmm. and Will comes back. 
and sees Elizabeth and a nine-year-old son. Yes. Um, so, fun fact. Ooh. The third movie came out in 2007. Okay. The fifth movie, which is where we see uh, Will again. Yeah. Comes out ten years later. Ten in years? In 2017. Wow. So... It literally is. They waited a full 10 years <gasps> before he went back onto land. Isn't that insane? What? Okay. This is awesome. I don't know. They probably didn't do that. That could have been happenstance. I don't know. But it's Disney. They do but crazy totally stuff works. all the time. It totally works. I, I just want to be in that conversation, in that room, when they're having that conversation. Like, no, we got to wait 10 years before we see Orlando Bloom again. <laughs> like, that is just nuts. So I want to go back real quick just because I have this fun note. Um, yeah. In the scene when the Pirate Council and they're assembling the nine pieces of eight. Yes. And we learned that it's not actually the coin a piece of eight. It's little trinkets because we learned yeah. that the pirates were poor at the time. So they just used nine of whatever they had lying yes, around. Yes, yes, It just didn't have the right ring. Mm-hmm. So did you catch any of those nine pieces of eight? Did you catch to see what any of them were? No. So... Barbosa's piece of eight is Regetti, the pirate's wooden eye. The Mc, the guy, the, the pirate that has the wooden eye. Yeah. The uh, his, the pirate's name is Regetti. Okay. They never really say that. I don't. No, think. they don't. But that's his name. Uh, played by Mackenzie Crook. Right. Who had to wear two contact lenses to nice. kind of make it. He said it. Uh, it wasn't painful, but it was uncomfortable. I'm sure it was. But he said it also gave his pirate like a weird quirk that people yeah. paid attention to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his wooden eye, uh, a miniature wine cup from the Amand of the Corsair. Uh, this is Barbosa's? No, no, no. The wooden eye was Barbosa's. Okay. Uh, this is just other pirates that were oh, sitting okay. around. Got it. Uh, so there was a, a miniature wine cup, a jack of spades playing card was Capitan Chevalier. Uh, the French pirate, a cork in a broken rum bottle was Captain Valanueva. Uh, a pair of glasses was Mistress Chang. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pair of tobacco shears was Gentleman Jocard. A tusk fragment was for Sri Shambahaji. A pendant from Sal Feng that was Elizabeth Swan. When Sal Feng got killed and he handed her the pendant, yes. that made her captain. Yes, yes, And so yes. he gave her his piece of nine, or piece, okay. piece of eight. Okay. Um, so she became the, the, uh, the, captain. Pi- the captain, the pirate captain. Um, and then the old coin from Siam was Jack, and that's what was in his, in his hair. Yes, yeah. That they cut out. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was cool to see all of those. And, and yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. All the little trinkets. Um. Okay, so shall we move on to the fourth? The fourth. The fourth film. Yes, we're 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 gonna try to wrap it up here soon. Stay with us. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's five movies to go through. Yeah, we're there's gonna, a lot. It's and gonna be a little bit longer of an episode. Yeah. So I think I think we hope y'all enjoy. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, um, so this is I the do... first one. The fourth one is the first one where we don't have Orlando Bloom, Kira Knightley. Right. We don't have the original cast. The original. We cast. do have. The pirates, because you still see, that's one thing, the pirate crew stays consistent yes, throughout the film. which films. I enjoy, and I appreciate. 
And obviously Jack Sparrow is in all five um, as well. But I actually have a fun fact for this one, which I'm sure that you have also written down. Uh, maybe. maybe <laughs> um, I read that this one actually draws its plot from a 1987 book called On Stranger Tides. Okay. So, Interesting. Uh, it, it says loosely, loosely derived from this 1987 book. But that's where um, this plot, I guess, comes from. Um, and then I also have that uh, Johnny Depp actually collaborated with the writers on the story design of this one. Wow. Isn't that cool? So he had kind of a, a hand in the writing for this. Um, I don't know if he was ever credited. I didn't look to see, but um, he did um, help with some of the story design. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but this is where we meet Penelope Cruz. Yes, we meet several new characters. Mm -hmm. We meet uh, Blackbeard, yeah. played by... Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yep. Um, are we sure that's right? Yeah. Ian McShane plays Blackbeard. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, um, and he does he does a great job. Um, this is also where we um, we introduce the mermaids. Yes, the mermaids. Um, so he played Blackbeard, correct? Yeah. Ian McShane. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Uh, and then his ship was the Queen Anne's Revenge. Yes. And Blackbeard really did have a ship called Queen Anne's Revenge. Okay, like that's, that makes that's sense. That's historically accurate. Yeah. Um, it was a ship that he captured from the French. Okay. Um, and then I'm, I was, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is probably my least favorite. Really? Of the I See, I feel like I like this one, I think, more than the fifth one. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I There's things that I really, really love about the fifth one that we'll talk about when we get to it, but... Out of all five, this one is just the most, um, like, distant from the other ones for me. It's the most disconnected one. I, like, I, I think, guess I can see that. I think maybe It definitely is that. It is. Like, it's just trying... I feel like they're trying f to fit too much into it with, like, the mermaids and the Chinese pirates and the whatever, you know, like... Yeah. I don't um, know. I, I guess I can get... It's definitely the most disconnected from the other four. The yeah. other four are connected. This one just happens to have Johnny Depp as Captain Jack exactly. in it. Exactly, and it's a completely um, different story. It's a completely different story. I do l like it, though. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, do, I I thought say, it was a fun a fun movie. Yeah, it, it was definitely entertaining. Now, and Penelope Cruz was actually the only choice for the role of Angelica. Really? Yeah, they, they didn't want anybody else, and she actually agreed to the role without actually reading the script. Oh, she just said yes? Yep. That's awesome. I was going to say, she is gorgeous in she this. She is gorgeous. I mean, in general, but as a pirate, she looks real good. Yeah, she's awesome. And we also see a return of Keith Richards, which we didn't mention yet, but Keith yeah. Richards plays Captain Jack Sparrow's father which is who, perfection he's the keeper of the pirate code mm -hmm. so we see him again um and actually he and johnny depp met with mick jagger to try to convince him to be in the pirate movie okay if you don't know keith richards is the guitarist for the rolling stones who is fronted by mick jagger Okay. So they both got together and tried to convince Mick Jagger to be a part of this one. I was like, dude, come on. And it's, he said no? It's fun. And, he, and of course he's not in it, so he Aww, had to have said no. Oh, sad. Well, I will say when um, Curse of the Black Pearl first came out, Jack Sparrow's portrayal of it uh, was likened to Keith Richards. And everybody said that, you know, he got his inspiration from 
some of the stuff that Keith Richards walk and his stage presence and stuff was very Jack Sparrow. So their decision to make him Jack Sparrow's father, I think is awesome. I'm really, really glad that that worked out. Yes. Uh, Penelope Cruz was married to Javier Bardem. (gasps) But they weren't in the same movie together. No, they were not. He was actually um, considered to play Blackbeard, but we actually don't see Javier Bardem come in until he plays Salazar in the last in one. the last movie. But I thought it was crazy how they're married and they have both appeared in Pirates movies. That's pretty cool. That's pretty. They're still married. They're married currently. Um, that I don't know. Uh, they were married during the time, the time of, of this of this movie. She is just so pretty, and all of her like outfits. She was like, I just loved her. She was a good part. She was a good addition to this, I think, even though it was my least favorite. So, so the fourth is centered around uh, somebody is impersonating Captain Jack Sparrow and trying to get a crew together to find uh, the legendary Fountain of Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that that person impersonating Jack is Angelica, uh, Penelope Cruz's character. And they have a little bit of a past. And they have a past. Mm-hmm. And if you caught it, a little Easter egg, where does Captain Jack meet Angelica? In the movie or for the first time? In the movie. For Um, the first time. Like in the bar? Like in the pub? What's that pub called? Oh, I don't know. What's it called? It's called The Captain's Daughter. (gasps) And what do we find out later in this film? She's Blackbeard's daughter. I love it. I, I know, love Easter I love eggs these like that. Easter eggs. They're That's so awesome. great. I actually have I have a kind of an Easter egg written down, but I think it I don't know that it was a purposeful Easter egg, but also Disney doesn't do things that aren't on purpose, so maybe yeah. maybe it does mean something. Um, but the scene where they're they're already on Blackbeard's ship and it's with Jack and Angelica and they're um, Angelica's like threatening him or no, he's threatening her. I can't remember. Somebody, one of them has the other one up against a wall. Okay. And I think it's Jack. And Jack grabs something, and it's a hook. And he has it, like, up against her yes, neck. Yes, yes. And I'm like, was that a Captain Hook reference? Uh, it could have been. Because that's the first thing that I thought of, was that's a Captain Hook reference. Because why would he grab a hook? Why wouldn't he grab a sword? I just, I thought it was, like, a nice little nod to classic Disney it, pirates. It very well you could know? be. Um, and then another one that I wrote down, I don't know, you... You didn't watch a whole lot of Once Upon a Time, did you? I think I watched the first season, maybe the second season. So this but was so uh, not probably, a whole lot. You no. probably stopped watching before this guy came. But um, one of, do you remember the young kid on Blackbeard's crew? The like young boy. Everybody else is like a man. This one is like a young kid. Yes. He was Peter Pan in Once Upon a Time. Oh. So this is not his first uh, foray into the pirate world, which I thought was um, kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Ooh, I have I have one other fun thing that I don't know if you uh, noticed. Is this in the fourth one? The fourth one. Okay. So there's a blackout. I can't remember in what context. Like I feel like someone is like knocked out. Like maybe Jack Sparrow's knocked out and he's like coming to, and it's still it's a blackout, but he hears sounds. There are sounds that are taken directly from the Pirates Ride. Um, you hear the audio of the animatronics of that's the Pirates cool. Ride. Isn't that cool? That's cool. It's a black. It's a blacked out screen, but you hear like the one that um, 
that stuck out to me is the show of your larboard side, that like animatronic <laughs> guy that's yeah. talk, like the, the bio wife thing yes. that is um, yes. super problematic now and got changed in, in uh, the parks. But we will just glaze right on past that. Um, so it's the redhead. It's yeah, we wants the redhead. We wants the redhead. <laughs> I hate that they took it out because I'm redheaded, and there's a disturbing lack of gingerness in it's most true. things. It's true, babe. I know. I get it. I get it. But anyway, um, I thought it was cool that they used audio from the ride. Yes, I thought that was really really cool. Um, that's all I had for four because I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I totally get that. So four. Uh, you have a giant mermaid fight, which is cool. Oh, I did like that. Um, th- that whole concept of having to get a mermaid's tear to yeah. complete. And the whole way is like, oh, well, you can't just dip the water of it because it you have to take life to give life. Right. And so you're not just getting eternal life. You're having to take it from somebody else. Right. And they have to give it, not necessarily willingly, um, yeah. but they have to give it. Uh, and you need the tier to differentiate. So I thought that concept was pretty cool because I, I never. So too. Usually, when you hear about uh, the fountain of youth, it's like you just drink from it and you live forever. Right, and that's. I like this kind of different take on it. Yeah, that there are consequences. The, yeah, and it's not like well, you don't just get more years added to yours. You have to take years from somebody else. Right, right, which puts a whole new perspective it on things. It puts a whole new perspective on things. Yeah, and that's I, and true. I like I like that uh different take on the holy and not the holy grail. Um the fountain the, of youth. The fountain of youth yeah. idea. Yeah, that's true. But I, I guess like you say, as as I'm thinking more about the fifth film, um I think you might be right. I think the fourth one may be the worst, the the weakest, the weakest of the five. of the five. I think I think yes, because like I said, the other four were definitely connected and grounded in that main story. I honestly I think. think it's one, two, three, five, four, probably. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. I I, I know that we did this with Toy Story. I don't know what my order would be. Let's wait. Definitely one. I would go one. Would you go three, two, five, four? What was third? Third one was at World's at End. World's End. No, because I like Dead Man's. Yeah, so I would go one, two, three, five, four. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yep, yep. I mean, it's it's fine. The fourth one was entertaining. Like if it was a standalone film, I think it would be great. But the fact that it it kind of looped in with these other four movies, it, it just felt disconnected. Yeah, where they put it, I don't feel like it worked mm-hmm. well. Agree, agree. Um, so the fifth one, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No, tell no tales, tales, which is directly, again, from the ride, Dead Men Tell, tell No Tales. <laughs> um, I loved this movie, and I don't know why it took me this long to have seen it, because this was my first viewing of this it. This was, uh, I believe, my first viewing of it as well. Right? I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think I had seen the fourth one before. You had never seen the fourth one. Right. I had seen the fourth one before. Right. We had both never seen this one. I was and very so... pleasantly surprised. I think the reason why I never saw it when it first came out, maybe it was because I was like silently boycotting it because Orlando Bloom and Elizabeth Swan were not in it anymore. And that's why I had never seen the fourth one either. So I'm glad, I'm glad that I saw. I finally saw the fifth one because I was very, very entertained and it was pleasantly surprising how everything was connected. And I also, I wrote this down, 
I love the idea of second generation characters. I always have. Yes, that, that's always fun. Even because that is a great way to introduce new characters and have the audience still care about them. You know, for them to be like, this is the son of Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner. I'm like, great. I already love him. <laughs> you know, like it's so easy to kind of ground that in the characters that we know and love. So I love the idea of Henry Turner. He's perfectly cast. I don't know that guy's name, but he looks very much like Orlando Bloom and a little bit like Kieran Knightley. Yes, um, he yes, I agree. He does look uh, like they both had had him. Yes. it's crazy. Yes. And he is not the only second generation character we have in this fifth one. Spoiler alert! But we find out at the end that Karina Smith is actually Captain Barbosa's. Yes. Daughter. So Brenton Thwaites plays Henry Turner. Shout out Brenton. And he was, uh, let's just pull up his IMDb, see what he's been in. Um, he was in an Australian soap opera, Home and Away. Okay. He was in The Blue Lagoon, The Awakening. Oculus. Oh, he plays one of them younger in Oculus, I guess. Oculus was good. He was in Maleficent. Okay. Okay, The Giver. Did you ever see that movie, no, The Giver? No, no. I believe Jeff Bridges is in it. It was based on the book. I know the book, yeah. Yeah, I think he played the main character in The Giver. Huh. Well, he does a great job in this. He does a great job in this. I thought he did a great job. And uh, Karina Smith, uh, played by... Kaya Scotolario. Scotolario. I would not have known that, but she is from Skins, right? She's a British actress? Um, She was born in Sussex. Okay. Yeah, and she... um, was in skins, yes. She she does a great job with this. And the too. Maze Runner. She was in the oh, Maze Runner it. series. Yeah, she was if you remember, she was like the only girl in it. Oh, okay. It gotcha. was kind of a big deal. They dropped a girl in the Maze, the Maze Runner. Yeah. She's she's cool. I like I liked her character a lot. I liked that she uh is an educated woman and an educated woman in that time was um A more- witch <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah, everybody thought she was a witch because she was, uh, she turned me into a newt. Oh, did she? (laughs) Um, but I just like, I liked that arc of like, I'm, I'm an educated woman and everybody thinks that I'm crazy, but it's just because I've read books. Like it's just, just very, very interesting, uh, for those times. But I like I like the two of them. Uh, they did a good job kind of carrying the film, kind of stepping into the shoes of Elizabeth and Will. Um, I also wrote down, oh, actually I have a couple questions for you that you might have uh, an answer for me. But first and foremost, the arc of the two bumbling soldiers. Oh my gosh, yes. You, they, they follow throughout the entire... And I don't even know their names. Do they ever have names? Uh, like, I think they do. I think they do have names. they start as British soldiers in the first film. Yes. And then they slowly turn over into pirates. And they then in they the end up being film, pirates in the third or fourth. I think the end of the third, they become... They join the crew yes. and become pirates. And then in the fifth one, they're with... They're, they're hanging out with Barbosa. on Yeah, the they're... they're like their first mates on Barbosha's ship. Hilarious. It's, it's crazy so, so how funny. how their lives have gone. And I'm trying I'm I am trying to think of if I've like heard of this, read articles or seen interviews, because you have to think that those soldiers they wouldn't have known, the writers wouldn't have known at the time of the first movie that they were gonna be such fan favorites. 
you know? Because they were just written as kind of like throwaway, like... Goofy characters? Goofy, Unless they had been planning this from the beginning. We don't know. Maybe. Disney, I mean, Disney works on stuff for years. I guess. Maybe it's they crazy. always wanted the British soldiers to become pirates and to see that change over, but... I just think that's funny that they're now uh, part of Barbosa's crew and they're like scruffy, you know, silly, still goofy, still bumbling pirates, but on the other side of things. I think that's really funny. So my favorite part of the final film, mm-hmm. Salazar's character is very good. He's very easy to not this like. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Um, my favorite part is the flashback sequence. And I know I we were just on an episode where I talked about how much I didn't like flashbacks. <laughs> it's, true. Um, it's true. And I, I don't really. But it, they flash back to like five different time periods. This was just like one specific place. That's true. Like they were just talking about this one specific place. Because you had to time. kind of, I mean, at this point, you you are seeing throughout this movie that for some reason Salazar has this vendetta against Jack Sparrow. And you're like, why does he hate Jack Sparrow so much? And then the flashback. And then you find out how Captain Jack became Captain Jack. Mm -hmm. And it was Salazar was killing every pirate. And all the pirates got together and were going to take a stand. He was the last one left and he figured out how to be. It's just so like perfectly told. So beautifully it's told. The and CG, then, they make Johnny Depp look young again. Oh yeah, that was we, crazy. We've been seeing that a lot recently with the Star Wars films and uh, other things. Sometimes we see it good. Sometimes we see it bad. How the de-aging CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you definitely can tell it's CGI. But you definitely can tell it looks just like a young Johnny Depp. Yeah, I mean they did they did a pretty good job with that, and then just the whole like the narration, the voiceover yes. of oh, Salazar and then telling exactly how it happened, and then at the very end, oh my gosh, him it's so saying, good. Um, "Oh, he he stood up on top of on the very uh, the crow's nest of the ship like a little sparrow." And then from then on, I called him Jack the Sparrow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I had chills. I was like, ah! It's just yeah, so good. Yeah, it's just so, so good. Yeah, the, the, we love an origin story here on the Magic Fandom, and the Jack Sparrow origin story was very satisfying. And I, I think that's enough for it to put it above the fourth one for me. I agree. Because, again, I feel like this one ended so abruptly. It's like yeah. this. I think this movie is only two hours and like six minutes long. They spent two hours building up to it, and then they end the movie in six minutes. It's, it's true. It's just ridiculous. It's true. It, to me, it seems. I was like, oh, okay, I wanted a lot more of the end and less of the other stuff. I agree. I definitely agree with that because the whole. The whole story behind Henry, because Henry kind of um, drives the action in this one, is that he wants to get back to his father. He wants to somehow find a way to save his father so that he can come home and he won't be tied to the Flying Dutchman anymore. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. And then they finally get back there, and then it's over. Like It's, it's not even that. It's how it resolves before that. Like, when they break the trident and stuff like that, right. it's like... Okay, uh, we're building up to what should be a crazy battle scene, and then we're gonna cut the battle scene short right. in in four minutes. Yeah, like, I definitely, I I get that, I get that. Um, just, I mean, if we're talking about that that trident scene, though, 
we have to talk about the end of Barbosa because it wrecked uh, me. It did wreck me. It, it wrecked me too. It was so sad because again, Dalton and I had never seen this, so we don't we didn't know what happened. We didn't know how a lot of these characters' stories ended. And so um with Barbosa seemingly having just found out that, that this is his daughter. Like not that long ago he found out that this is his daughter. Yeah. Karina is his he daughter. He definitely figured out before she did. Yeah. But... Well she didn't she didn't find out until it was almost too late. Because yeah. But just the fact that he sacrificed himself, that was the biggest thing, is that for so long we've known Barbosa as this selfish, you know, like arrogant kind of pirate that's like, I'm just looking out for myself and, and what I want and all this stuff. And then for him to sacrifice himself, not just for her, but for Jack and for Henry and everybody else that was on that, to sacrifice himself and take Salazar down with him, mm-hmm. stabbing him with his and, sword and, and the two of them falling. And Jack giving him the sword and calling him by, not Barbosa, he called him by Hector. Uh, Hector. Yep. And at the end, and kicked the sword up and... And he caught it. Did, like, you could see that he knew what he was going to do and he knew he needed to help. He didn't want what was no. going to happen to happen. Right, but right. he knew that it had to happen And it that happened way. in slow motion and I was like, ah! Oh, it was like yeah. it, it was like the Dumbledore scene in Order of the Phoenix with him falling off the astronomy tower. Yes. It's the same, like, well, and, fall. And the line when she goes oh, like... Ah! This, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, <gasps> it's right before he falls, right before he is handed the sword or whatever... He, she figures out, because I guess she sees his tattoo, right? She's his tattoo, and it's the constellation that they've been following this whole right, time. Right, and it's the constellation that she draws on everything. She draws the same constellation because she saw it in her book, and he has a tattoo of the constellation. And the whole time, her narrative has been like, oh, my father taught me yes. stars kind yeah. of a thing. Um, and so you find out later, and then during that scene, they're all hanging on the anchor trying to get pulled up to the ship, and she sees his tattoo, and she says, what am I to you? And he says... Treasure. <laughs> he says treasure because he's a pirate, and he loves treasure. Oh, my gosh. It wrecked me. And then yeah, he just it was, fell. And then fell and took Salazar. It, it was, was a, I mean, it, it was, they did give him a hero's death. Oh, my gosh. It for was sure. perfect. It was it heartbreaking, was but it was great. And she, and she said, she has a line when they get back up to the ship. She said, she says something like, I, I just had everything. I had everything for just a moment. Uh-huh. I had everything. And then it's all lost Gone again. again. You yeah. know, it's just, oh, my gosh, it's heartbreaking. Oh man! So that was it. Was a very poetic end to the Barbosa and uh, the films arc. in general. Because then yeah. we cut back and everybody, when they broke the trident, it got rid. It broke every curse mm-hmm. on the water. Yeah. And so any curse that had been happened, so the Flying Dutchman mm-hmm. and everything, everything was broken, and yep. everybody was. Okay. Will Turner got to come home. And hug, and this is, and you can ask Dalton, when we were watching that scene, Will Turner and Henry were reunited on that hill, and they hugged, and he said, son, how did you do it? Da, 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 da. And I said out loud, I was like, if Kira Knightley is not in this final scene, like, I was about to get so angry yeah. if she wasn't in <laughs> she it. Was, was she was. Like, she already had her phone out. <laughs> she, all, she had the Disney CEO. He yes. had right... Halfway dialed in. Right. I was so, I was about to get so angry and be like, what? She couldn't take time out of her schedule to just film one scene as Elizabeth Swan to reunite her with her family, whatever. I was about to get really angry. And then, lo and behold, who comes walking up over the hill but Elizabeth. 
thank goodness, because I was screaming, I was crying, I was like, they're all together again. And she didn't even, I mean, she did not even have one line. She had zero lines in that film, and she still made it was, me cry. It was just the closure for everybody else. It was like, hey, we know y'all have been on this journey for the past 17 years. Exactly. Or I guess that, that came out in 2017, and the first movie came out in 2003, we said. so. Yeah, so 14 years. 14 years. Yeah, yeah y'all have been on this journey with us for so 14 years. So we need years. to reunite this family, yeah. and thank goodness they did. Thank you, Keira Knightley, <laughs> because it would not have been the same without Elizabeth Swan, and I thought that was really, really beautiful. Yes. Well, needless to say, we cannot recommend these movies enough. Go out, check them out. Yes, uh, totally. If you can, after all this uh, pandemic stuff is over, which th- th- seems like maybe uh, on the horizon. Horizon, get it, pirates. <laughs> bring me that horizon. <laughs> um, go out and try to get to some of these places and go on the go on the rides if you I'm can. I'm dying to go back um, on. If you can't, Go to YouTube. You can watch ride-alongs on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they'll Absolutely. you can pretend like you're there. Absolutely. Uh, and just have a good time. Yes. Um, we have loved uh, chatting about these movies with you all. Uh, thanks for bearing with us on a little bit longer of an episode. Um, and we are going to wrap up with a fun little game that I have come up with for Dalton over here. I'm Very fun. Explain in just a little bit. But before we go into this game, I just have to shout out really, really quickly, because I meant to say this before. Paul McCartney. Oh my gosh, yes. I can't In the believe. fifth movie. They couldn't get Mick Jagger, but <laughs> they got Sir Paul McCartney. Can you believe that Paul McCartney got dressed up as a pirate and was in one scene with Johnny Depp just you didn't. You didn't even believe it was him. I, I jumped up and was like instantly like, oh my gosh. And then she was like, what? And I was like, that's Paul McCartney. And I didn't believe him. He's right. I looked, I looked at him and he looked like him. But in my logical brain, I was like, there's no way that's Paul McCartney. And he was in jail, no yeah, less. Like, he was in jail. Oh my and, gosh, it was perfect. He called him Uncle Jack. Uncle like, Jack, he, yeah. He was Jack, Uncle Jack. It was so great. And he was only in that one scene, and I was like, Paul, you can do no wrong. That is incredible. But anyway, I just wanted to give that um, a bit of a shout out, because I did not know that that was coming. Um, okay, here's the game. Um, not going to take us very long, because I have maybe eight different little uh, things. So I have eight quotes here. Oh, and I got to figure out who said them? Uh, actually, oh, you're going to have movie? You're going to have to tell me which movie it's Ooh, from. But okay. you do get bonus points if you tell me who said them. Cuz there are some quotes that you're like, "Oh, I know exactly who said okay. this." But I don't know what movie it's from. So you Let's get points either way. Y'all play along. Yes. Tell us how you did. Let us know. Definitely Email play us. Along. Check us out at Magic Fandom Podcast. Yes. Is that right? Oh, um, Instagram is The Magic Fandom Podcast. Instagram, The Magic mm-hmm. Fandom Podcast. If you want to email us, it's magicfandompod at gmail. Yes. Uh, send us all your questions. Send us um, suggestions. Fandoms. Yep. Fandoms of what you guys want us to talk about next. Maybe we will take them. You can send us your critiques, but we will not read them. <laughs> um, but that brings me to please leave us uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, Five star rate us if yes, you think ratings, we deserve it. Uh, that that definitely helps us out. It gets us um, into more ears. So thank you for doing that. So let's see. Let's see if I can do All this. All right, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to try to do these out of order. Okay. All right. I've had it with wobbly legged rum soaked pirates. I've had it with wobbly legged rum soaked pirates. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess Elizabeth says it. Correct. So that's one point. In the first movie. Final answer? Not after that look. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the worst poker face ever. <laughs> the second movie. Yes. Yes. So it is said by Elizabeth in Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Um, very nice. All right. Next up, we've got... I guess I should... Because I got that one pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I should pause a second. And let let our 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 uh oh our audience audience have a chance to play too. Sure, sure. Um, okay. Let's see. The next one is our fates have been intertwined, Elizabeth, but never joined. I know. Okay, so who first? Who says it? Um, Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay. Do you want me to tell you yes or no yet? Or do you want to? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to repeat the quote. Our fates have been intertwined, Elizabeth, but never joined. I'm going to say just... Oh, it's Admiral Norrington. Thank you. It's Norrington. I was going to tell you, you, the only Captain Jack Sparrow knows the word intertwined. (laughs) (laughs) It's Norrington. It's Norrington. And it's... It's got to be three. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Nice job. Um, okay. If you were waiting for the opportune moment, that was it. Ooh. And this this quote, uh, there are variations of this quote in this film. You just have to wait for the opportune moment. They say it a couple times. And then at the end, someone says, if you were waiting for the opportune moment, that was it. Sounds like something Gibbs would say. <laughs> uh, was that Jack? Yes, it was yeah, Jack. Yeah, it was Jack. And he was talking to Will? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the first movie? Yeah, yeah, good job. Good job, good job. Okay. <clears throat> if I don't kill a man every now and then, they forget who I am. Was that Blackbeard or Salazar? It was Blackbeard. Yeah. It was Blackbeard, so that has to be the fourth film. Yes. Very good. Very good. You're doing good. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Do you fear death? Do you fear death? <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's uh, Davy Jones. Yes. And oh, see, that's the thing. It could be the second or the third one. He says it in the second one, though, because he asked that to the people on the on the crash ship. Yes, very good, very good. I wrote that it is from the second one, but he might repeat I it. I think he says it again in the third one. Yeah, but I did write that he first says it in the second one. Yeah. So good, good job. Um, okay. Why should I sail with any of you? Four of you tried to kill me in the past. One of you succeeded. That's... Jack, uh-huh. and that's the third film. Nice! Wow, you are doing really good. I'm not. I'm not waiting long enough. I don't think. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm no, sorry if fine. I'm not giving you guys a chance. It's totally fine. Um, they can pause, right? You can pause unless you're driving. Eyes on the road. Eyes on the road. Um. Okay. How about? Let's see. Let's see. I think I have one, two more. I'm not looking for trouble. What a horrible way to live. These are two different people. Two different people. I'm not looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. What a horrible way to live. Captain Jack says what a horrible way to live, yes. right? I'm not looking for trouble. It's the fifth movie. Yes. 
And it's talking to the Barbosa's daughter. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay, last one. You are doing great. I'm going to make sure this is the last one, though, because I did them out of order. So hang on. Did this one. Yep. All right, last one. You like pain? Try wearing a corset. Oh, of course. That's <laughs> the first film, and that's Elizabeth Swan. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. You that was like fun. That was fun. Eight for eight. Good yeah. job. Good work. Send in your trivia. Maybe I don't know it. Maybe yeah, you can stop me. Maybe we'll try to play a, a, a game later on if we get uh, a little bit bigger audience. We can like play because I'm I, I love trivia. I've, I've I'm pretty good at trivia. trivia. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can have a try to stump me trivia Ooh, game. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe we could like ask questions before we record. My my uncle stuff. used to do that. He he was a radio uh, host for a long time. Shout out Uncle Rusty. All, all over the country, um, and he used to do a show, I believe, uh, where they would call in, and it was specifically, it was, uh, I believe, Andy Griffith trivia. Oh, wow, and I if, tried to stump him. And if you could stump him, you won something, and I don't, oh, if I'm fun. not mistaken, I don't know that anybody ever stumped him. <gasps> Like, cause he, he's the kind of person, especially with like Andy Griffith, that's like, okay, what, uh, what, uh, color shoelaces did Andy have on the third season, 16th episode when he was dressed in a black suit for (laughs) what, and he would, he would know that. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, yeah, I would love to do that with you. We should try to to try to stump Dalton and see uh, how far we could get, but it's gotta be a movie. That you like that everybody yes. knows pretty Maybe, well. Maybe because we we'll, we always tell what um, what we're doing next. What we're doing next. Maybe they send in questions. You'll compile them, yeah. And then when we record, you'll ask me. That, that, that would be fun. Great. I think. That send us great. your questions. Uh, why don't we tell everybody what we're doing next? Yes, we're super super excited. We're actually going to keep on this Disney train for a while, um, and we're very excited to announce that next week we will be talking about. The Princess Diaries. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yes, funnily enough, I actually suggested this, I believe. Yes, it was Dalton's um, idea. It was not even my idea, you guys. But it's one of my favorites ever, and I, it has been for a while. It's good. I I, I love... Um, ooh, hold on. Ooh, excuse me, okay? excuse me. I just had a little burp. Oh, man. Um, we've been talking for a while now. This is the longest one yeah, we've done, I believe. it's a long one, you guys. Uh, we're almost done. Um... <laughs> What's her name? I'm blanking. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yes, I love Anne Hathaway. Yeah, this was great. one of the first things I ever saw her in. I remember watching this with my sister. Mm-hmm. We would watch like this or Ella Enchanted, uh, another Anne it. Hathaway classic. But love I remember it. like making taquitos for like dinner, very specific. And I would make taquitos, and we like watch Princess Diaries. Aww, it was weird. Like, I love it. Anyway, yes. so, it, so it has a, it, a, a a touching place in my heart, and, and it's it's good. Good Disney fun. It's, it's a great, another great it's a Disney great classic. Disney flick, and it has a special place in my heart as well because uh, my grandmother and I watched both together, um, and we still talk about it to this day. So we're gonna get more into that next week. Um, we'll talk about the first one and the second one and the second one. So we're super excited. Come on back for that. Um, otherwise, thank you for listening to this extra long podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, um, and have a great rest of your day, friends. And remember. Take what you can. Give Give nothing nothing back. back. (laughs) Bye. Bye.